Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. And here we are at Transformational Energy Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, coming to you live from the heartland of America. And today's show, this is a good one. It's all about leadership happiness and knowing that it is a choice. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to all my listeners out there, during the commercial break, you can go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my business offerings. And of course, engage with me. You can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can even go to this platform that's voiceamerica.com under the under the empowerment channel and I'm on social media that's LinkedIn and Facebook. Now also for all of you listening, this is a live show so you can dial in and be part of this conversation. So let's get started and learn more about my guest. Her name is Dr. Marilyn Tam. Now, Marilyn is a speaker, author, consultant, and board-certified executive leadership coach. She was formerly the CEO of Aveda, president of Reebok Apparel and Retail Group, vice president of Nike, and a successful entrepreneur, having built four companies. Marilyn is a writer for Thrive Medium on how to create a happy, healthy, successful, and dynamically balanced business and life. Brand Channel lists her as one of the four most prominent names in ethical business globally, and she's one of the top 100 leadership speakers in the world, according to Inc. Magazine. Her life is inspiring. She's an example of what can be achieved when one follows their dreams. Marilyn grew up as an abused and neglected child in Hong Kong. She left home as a teen to come to America alone and went on to achieve international business and humanitarian success. Her award-winning book, and this is not her first, she has other writings as well. This book that we're going to talk about today is The Happiness Choice, and it shows how and why happiness is crucial for business, productivity, and success and for your physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial health. Okay, without further ado, welcome to the show, Marilyn. Welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Thank you, Matt. It's a joy to be here. And as you said, we're going to talk about happiness. We are. What a, I can't think of a better way to talk or, or start your Friday morning. So we're going to talk about happiness. Now, I have to tell you, coming out of the gate, I know some of my listeners from a logical perspective, are thinking, well, what does happiness have to do with business and the bottom line and efficiency and productivity? So I want to start the conversation right there and address that. From your perspective, what does being happy have to do with business? And even more so, why do leaders need to pay attention to this? Well, <clears throat> thank you. That's such a great question because people think, well, happiness has is personal, but I, I want to quote some very um, uh, official sources like Gallup Healthways. Well, they have an index called Wellbeing Index. Gallup, as we know, the poll they, uh, on different types of, uh, of um, feedback of people in a general. And what they have found is that happiness is completely essential to productivity, to um, retention, and to performance and creativity. And the cost of America's disengagement in 
in their work. In other words, they are unhappy at their work. They are not able to engage. That cost per year, and the last statistics I have is of 2013-2014, is America lost $550 billion, as in with a B, dollars in productivity because of unhappiness. And I can go on about the, um, the large um, percentage of disengagement, which leads to people leaving their jobs and, and other factors. But the bottom line is happiness and, and productivity and work creativity is completely linked. And I am a living example of that. I, I can tell you, I know from organizations or the work that I was doing, when I was happy and fully engaged, you just go, you naturally go and give 110%. You give more when you're happy. And I, I know those moments when I was not so happy, it was like, how do I get myself out of bed to go to work? It mm-hmm. does impact. I agree with you. I, I, You know, you start your book talking about looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Can you explain what happiness is not? And thank you, because many people, and in fact most people, go about life thinking what they've been told is what they should be pursuing. We forget that everyone has a different life purpose and that we are the only ones that know about it. But as we grow up, whether it's home, whether it's school, whether it's um, your spiritual background, we get told, or more than that, the social media now, mm. tell us what is going to make us happy. And we forget our own inner wisdom of knowing what is going to make us happy. We follow what other people tell us is going to make us happy. No wonder there's so much un- um, unhappiness in the world because we forgot who's in charge of our happiness. We gave our um, ideas of happiness away to somebody else, and we're following somebody else's ideas of what's going to make us happy. I hear the power of influence coming through your message right there. Mm-hmm. And boy, does that speak a lot about what leaders and the, and the influence they have in their organizations, communities, working with others. Right, because it's so easy for us, and because from very young, we're told what's good and what's bad. You know, you do something right according to whoever is your caretaker, and then you, then you get rewarded. <laughs> Same thing mm-hmm. in school. So if we are um, a creative person and we want to draw instead of um, do mathematics, we're not getting rewarded for our creativity. We're getting um, negative points for not following what is supposedly the right path. And so we get so conditioned. And then when we, especially now with the, the huge influence social media has over us, many people think that happiness looks a certain way. You have to have a certain um, look, a certain body size, a certain um, automobile that you should be driving, a certain partner you should have, uh, certain clothes you should wear, a certain job. We forget that maybe some of those things does not align with our own inner wisdom and our own life purpose. Ultimately, only we ourselves know what our life purpose is. And that's when we follow it is when we are happy. So when we know our own life purpose, you're right. Those, the messages just come through right out of the womb. We were bombarded with so many different messages. So let's talk about that. 
I mm-hmm. often, you know, when, when I'm working with clients and people on, on this show have heard me say, okay, I see your priority list there. You've got a lot going on. Where are you in the mix of all that? So I want to ask you, Marilyn, is it selfish really to take care of yourself first? Absolutely not. And we've also been trained to think that we're selfish, as you said, when we think about ourselves and what we need. But like such a common thing that we all hear that we don't even pay attention to is on any flight that we take on any plane, they say, put your own oxygen mask on before you help somebody else. We forget to do that. And what we don't, when we don't take care of ourselves, when we don't put our own oxygen mask on, when we're trying to help somebody else, we're going to pass out, out of lack of air, that's the very oxygen we need to live, and we're not helping the person we're trying to help, and we ourselves lose our lives too. And that's a very good metaphor for what everything else in life is, because when we are not helping ourselves, we're giving from lack. It's like we're trying to pour water for somebody else, and the pitcher, which is ourselves, has a hole in it. We'll never be able to fill anybody else, because we're leaking. I that metaphor that you just stated, put your oxygen mask on first, is going to stick with me forever. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, you're right. If we're not full, how can we possibly even give our fullest to others? Just simply can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm and I know you know what I really appreciate about your work and your book and just engaging with you is you do ground things in research and I think you ran across a study about women and men and happiness, and what did you find? This was actually very alarming to me and sad. Um, There are several um, global studies as well as U.S. studies. Uh, The British panel, it's called British Household Panel Study, and there's also another one called Eurobarometer, and an international social survey program in 35 uh, developed nations, as well as the U.S. General Social Survey have all been studying happiness for decades. And what they have found consistently throughout all these studies that I mentioned is that in the last number of years since 1972, that women, as compared to men, have decreased in happiness absolutely and also as compared to men. Regardless, and this is a very big point, regardless of financial position, marital status, whether they have children, their age, or their race. I do want to make one small distinction is that there is one subgroup in America that have gained somewhat, just a very small percentage, a few percent, in happiness in this time frame, and that is for African-American women. But they still lose in terms of, in comparison to men. So why is this the case? Why are women less happy over time as well as less happy as compared to men? This is really a very um, sobering statistic. Very much so. And I'm wondering, you know, when you hear, you hear about this, this slide in happiness, my uh-huh. next natural question, of course, is how do we change it? What do we do first to start helping ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to follow up a little bit about why women seem to be less happy because I did so much research. I was so flabbergasted by this, uh, these results that I started looking to see why do they attribute that women are less happy now as compared mm. to men. 
yeah, uh, what is as it? well as just over time. And what I've, I, I guess and uh, estimate, because no, there was no definitive proof in anywhere, so we can all work with this with our own creativity here, and that is women have had a dramatic change in roles since 1972 to now. And the expectations, and this is where we talked about earlier about social media and outside expectations. This is, I think, a confirmation for what we have seen is that women have taken on a pre, a different roles from when they were in the 70s, um, 60s, and, and, and uh, earlier. And that is women used to have a very defined role of being a, a a caretaker, being a mother, being a, a community service person, um, all very defined roles of what a woman's um, jobs, jobs should be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then came the change in expectations. Now, women are supposed to also have a career, look a certain way, um, look basically like a supermodel, which most people don't look like, um, as well as fulfill all the other roles that they were doing prior. So how can a person be happy when they are expected to do two different and 100% demanding roles? They set up, women generally are set up for disappointment and failure in some sense for their own perspective. So that's where the unhappiness comes from, and which brings us back to what we're talking about here. Our own expectations need to anchor ourselves in what we're doing so that we um, get satisfaction and joy out of that so that we are not influenced extraordinarily by outside circumstances. Of course, we need to honor uh, the society's norms, but we also need to follow our own life purpose and why we're here. It all comes down to life purpose. You, Marilyn, let's take a break right now. We're at, we're at a break, and then I want to come back. Let's finish this up and talk more about what do we do to change and how do we improve ourselves and make ourselves more happier. So for all the listeners out there, we'll take a break. We'll be back here in a couple of minutes, and during that time, you can go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. We'll see you here on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with host Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single, Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane. Right here on the Empowerment Channel. 
been inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, Send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I hope you took the time to take a look at my website. Now, today I'm talking with Dr. Marilyn Tam. She's the author of The Happiness Choice, The Five Decisions That Will Take You Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. Now, before the break, Marilyn, we were talking about gender differences and happiness, and you were you were speaking about women and how progressively happiness has declined just thinking about all the roles that women have to to fill. And I'm curious, what about men? What have you noticed or what have you found in your research about men and their happiness? Thank you. Um, because when I mention women, I always get the same question from men. And, and I want to give them credit, too, because they've also had to change their roles. So even though the absolute happiness has gone up over the years, there's also a, a big challenge for men because before their roles were very defined. They go to work, they come home, and when they're home, the man's uh, home is his castle. And so they start like that. When they're home, they get to be uh, able to relax and, 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 and be supported and served. Of course, as we know nowadays, that is not a model that works anymore because uh, the spouse at home is no longer always at home. The spouse is also working, and also um, a lot of times there are more single people than it used to be. So what's happening now is men are also being asked to do more than they've ever done before. In child uh, rearing, child care, this is a new role for men. Um, in how they, this is very interesting because it really is one of the biggest uh, challenge men have now is they have to talk about their feelings. Because mm-hmm. in the old days, you know, the strong, silent type was what the stereotype was, and that was what was supposed to be the ideal. Now men are asked to to share the feelings, to, to you know, sh- uh, share from their, 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 um, their inner self, which prior was not something they needed to do. And it's a big adjustment, and it's difficult for many men because of the conditioning through the ages for so long. So they are also having their challenges with happiness. But relative to women, it's a little less jarring than what's been happening. The only solution for going forward, as I see it, is for both, both genders to come together and have a way of sharing and working with each other with much more compassion and flexibility. 
And we're certainly seeing that and hearing and feeling it in the workplace today. And I really, you know, these new generations coming into the workforce are asking for those connections, that personal connections, which what you're saying is we have to do it. We have to make ourselves vulnerable. We need to share our feelings and be empathic. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yes, and it's it's an adjustment because... um, Especially for the older generations, say like um, the boomers on 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 up, the younger generation is learning more to be able to share, and it's a balance of how, uh, what happens in the workplace uh, between the generations and and what is appropriate to share and what is too much, what is not enough. Um, it's it's creating a lot of uh, interesting dynamics throughout, um, not only workplace but at, at home, you know, with one's families. Everything's interconnected. It's mm-hmm. always interesting. I'm sure you find when you're you're an executive coach and when you're talking with people on the same, I'm trying to find balance. And I have a hard, I hard personally a hard time with the word balance. I talk more about integration. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely because when people ask me, well, how do I find balance? I said, well, you can have everything you want, but not all at the same time. So really, there's no balance. It's a matter of making a choice at each time of what is the priority, but knowing what all the different aspects of your life that would come together into a, in a whole, because ultimately there's only 100%. So if you allocate different percentages of, of your time, your energy, your emotions to different things, uh, um, we have to know what we are giving less percentage of our all our resources to, as long as we know that and come back and adjust them um, over a certain period of time so that they don't get too skewed, as you say, to have the integration, that's what we can hope for. There's really no such uh, ideal, um, I should say, um, unrealistic state of balance because it's, uh, life is dynamic. It's not a balance. You reach and then there you are. Oh, what a great way. To, what a great way to frame that. It's life is dynamic. Yes. Okay. Now, you know, through your messaging that we've had today so far, you really honed in on purpose and passion and you talk about life purpose exercises to find your passion. What are some steps people can take or questions that they can ask themselves? Thank you, because I've, as you mentioned, I coach um, um, high executive leaders around the world um, on on how to find their life purpose and how to um, really achieve at the highest level that they can. And a lot of them, it's surprising um, when you first hear this, is that a lot of them don't know why they're doing what they're doing. They are so conditioned and accepting of what they've been told is is what they need to do with their lives. They have succeeded at a very high level superficially, meaning in uh, worldly success. You know, they have um, the title, they have the money, they have uh, the position, they have their, their um, you know, uh, personal life that looks good. Um, they have the personal trainer. They have the personal chef. They have the pr- private plane, but they are unhappy. So what I asked them is like, what makes you feel fulfilled? And, and not what people tell them that it's going to make them happy. What makes you feel fulfilled? What makes you feel happy and at peace? What would you like to be remembered for? 
is your work fulfilling your life purpose? And are you committed to participating in and contributing to your company's mission? And these really bring them back to themselves and why they're doing what they're doing and who they are. And it really helps them when you mull over these questions because these are big questions and you're not going to get you know, a snap answer right away. If you mull them over and really listen to yourself, and I, I, I teach them about journaling and, and meditation, meditation, whether it's uh, a quiet sitting meditation or walking meditation, because in our world today, if any people, many people have a problem turning off the noise in the head. Maybe it's a walking meditation to be able to access the answers that they have inside for these questions. And they're big questions. Mm-hmm. It's, yes, and, and that's why it, this goes back to my opening question, why it's so important for leaders to pay attention to this. Is, and there may be some people out there listening right now and thinking, you know, I, it seems like I have everything, but I'm just, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And what, what you're saying is, is it requires one to go within and to really find that silent space and to reflect and ponder and think about what fulfillment really means. Mm-hmm. And, and something else I tell them, because some people get very afraid when I tell them to ask themselves these questions. They say, well, what if I find out that what I'm doing is not what I should be doing? And they feel hmm. like, oh, what then what happens? Do I lose everything? Do I have to start from the beginning and just, you know, go back to school? Or what do I do? I have a family. I have commitments. I have um, financial obligations. I said, no, you figure out where you are because a lot of the people that are successful, they feel like they've climbed the ladder of success. And they're now at this high point. And at this high point, they can look around and recognize that maybe they put the ladder against the wrong wall. And Mm -hmm. what they think then is, oh, I have to go back down to the bottom and start again. I said, no, no, you can, if you realize what it is that is your life purpose, you can either make a bridge from where you are on this high point on your ladder to another wall where you want to go, or you can redecorate your wall, or you can even knock a hole through the wall and go someplace else. You don't have to go back down to you know, ground zero and start over again. And that really seems to help people feel more secure and comfortable in saying, okay, I feel... Uh, secure enough to look for my life purpose because this is going to help me blossom and grow and serve and be more creative and productive and generate more than I've ever done before, regardless of where I am now. Whether you're super successful or you're just starting out or you're frustrated with where you are and you're not able to make a success with your life. Wherever you are, finding your life purpose is going to help you. Be more creative, be more productive, and definitely be happier. Mm, I completely agree with that. And I like what you're saying there, too, is that, no, you don't have to start from zero, redecorating the wall or putting a hole through it. I, it's, it's great. You're transforming what it is that your, your existence is so that you do find that, that inner passion and fulfillment, and that's showing through what you're doing every single day. You know, exactly. there's another piece here, and that is because of organizations, communities, groups that we're in, it's all about relations. And I'm, I'm wondering what you found or what your thoughts are about having social relations in one's life and happiness. 
thank you because social relations and your life purpose really are very well integrated. I did a, a there's a lot of research out there, a lot of journal studies and, and different things where they show that when people have life purpose, they have a 50% less likely during the same period of follow-up to living, to surviving, because this longitudinal study has been going for 80 years now, so some people are getting quite old, um, to surviving and to thriving than people um, who don't have a life purpose. And at the same time, people with social interactions is the biggest indicator of health and longevity. Past all the other things that we think are going to um, help us stay well and, and living, including a lot of things that um, people think is going to make a difference. Um, your diet, um, exercise, uh, spiritual life. The most important thing is whether you have social interaction. So the people who are more isolated, uh, with no friends, uh, with no community service, with no way of, of really outreaching for a social support system, those are the people that are going to die sooner. We need our tribe. We absolutely mm-hmm. do. Marilyn, we are at a commercial break, and when we come back, I've got some callers on the line, so we'll, we'll take some callers on the other side of the break, so stay tuned. We'll be back here in just two minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you desire to have the happiest, healthiest, most abundant life possible? Free from emotional hurt and pain and full of physical, spiritual, and emotional health and healing? Listen for Surviving to Thriving. Denitra Gary, your clinical social worker, takes you on a journey of knowing who you are from God's perspective as she gains insights from counselors, speakers, and educators to give you knowledge into who God created you to be. Tune in Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. 
To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. Today we are talking about happiness and leadership and our conversation has been rich in dialogue talking about gender, talking about balance, talking about the need for relationships. And with me is Dr. Marilyn Tam. And Marilyn, you know what I'd like to do is kick off this section by taking some callers. Sound good to you? Sounds great. All right. Let's talk with Sherry in Los Angeles. Good morning. Can you all hear me? Loud and clear. Great to hear you. Oh, What's your question? Wonderful, wonderful. So thank you so much, Marilyn. I am so intrigued by uh, all the research that, that you've come across and done. Um, I'm specifically intrigued by um, the fact that we lose billions in productivity uh, because of people being unhappy. And my question is, do you find that what makes people happy in their personal lives is very similar to what makes them happy on the job. Thank you. Uh, you're right. That statistic, $550 billion, um, in lost productivity, is going to make everybody kind of sit up and listen. Um, you're right also that personal happiness and professional happiness are completely integrated, as Matt said earlier, Dr. Matt uh, Woolsey said earlier, because the same um, issues that we have about being able to be meaningful and to contribute in a way that makes sense for ourselves as well as for the community as well as for our work, it's all completely integrated. So, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you. the call. Sherry, thank you. So, Marilyn, th- I-, I agree with you. And I want to take the conversation a little bit differently. It seems like many people who like, and you alluded to this earlier, that it seems like there's people out there that just, they've got everything, everything's going for them, they've got it together, but they're unhappy. How do you explain that? It's because, and, and, and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, and that's because they're not living their lives. They're living somebody else's lives. So they have achieved the, the dream, whether it's social media's idea of, of, of what a life should be or whether it is um, their family's idea of what they should be. Um, they're not living their own dream. I'll give you a, a personal example in, in my family, and, um, and you can see why unhappiness is, is so prevalent. It's because my grandfather... Um, had eight children, two girls and six boys. And the girls, he told them, you know, in this some time ago, obviously, you're going to learn all the social skills, and then you're going to get married and have great children. The six boys, he just went down and told them, you're going to be an accountant, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to work for me in the company, and and on and on. So he just named each child's destiny. And all of them became very successful. Yes, they became the CPA. Yes, they became the doctor. Yes, they started working with him, and on and on. But the happiness level in that, where was that? Because 
truthfully, none of them really chose their lives. And this was the way it was done for so many generations. You followed your, your parents, uh, your, your tribes, um, half, and nobody asked themselves. In today's world, it's still happening somewhat. Um, and as I mentioned to you, I coach a lot of uh, high-level executives. And the people who are successful, as I mentioned, with a private plane, with their sp- third beautiful spouse, <laughs> with the private chef, and on and on, mm. and they're still not happy. And, and they look at me and they say, why am I not happy? Because I have everything society told me I should have. It's because mm. they forgot the little child inside had their own dream. And it could be just a 20% tweak, or it could be a 50% tweak, but it, they need to acknowledge that. They need to acknowledge that they have a purpose that is their own unique path. And, and I always, when I say that, I always um, add the piece to say, don't panic. You don't have to completely shift your life. Recognizing your passion can be integrated in what you do. Like our caller said, Sherry, we, there's a way to acknowledge personal happiness and professional happiness and integrate the two. Because we're a whole being. It is, mm. I also, I wonder how much, you know, I talk on this show so much about anabolic, which is really positive growth-oriented energy, and catabolic, which is destructive. And I'm, I'm just wondering how much when we're framed as a child, very much when you were talking about your grandfather telling each of the, the kids what they're going to do and what their role is going to be, how that impacts their energy as they move forward in life. You know, they- and, and that is I, it's a sad story in some cases because like my uncle who was supposed to be a CPA and who became a CPA, his passion really wasn't there. I mean, he really wanted to be uh, much more in uh, dealing with people at a different level, uh, more personal, more able to, um, he's a very um, people person, which is quite unusual for, for men in that age, but he, he loved, he was one of my favorite uncles. He would um, bring us presents and, and, and play with the kids, which was not that usual for men way back when. Um, and so finally, after 30 years, of being a very successful CPA, he, he, he opened a store. He opened a store, which, you know, it was not high on the list of, of successful occupations in my grandfather's book. He, he had a store, which was like a neighborhood store, so that he could connect with people. He still uses financial skills, because running a business, you need to know how to run a business with, with all right. the financial details that he learned. But he was then able to be in a place where he met new people every day and he could help them, he could talk to them, and he was happy for the next 20 years. <laughs> Fantastic. Point, you know, eventually, of course, he passed. But it was, a, it was such a transformation because the whole family was like, you're going to do what? You're going to leave <laughs> this very prestigious um, company and open a store? It just and didn't he did, compute. And he was happy and, and just... Thrived. You know, he lived much longer than he would otherwise because he had a health issue, which I'm sure came from all the years of stuffing down um, his dream to do to to fulfill what his family expected of him. Uh-huh. And the next 20 years, he was so much happier. And and I, and as I mentioned, I think that's what saved him and extended his life. 
That's wonderful. Wonderful account of what it means to find your calling and go do that and counter to it, what everybody else is saying. I want to tag on to that and let's talk about longevity for a moment. And what does the research tell us about longevity and happy lives? Um, there's a very good study uh, from um, Freeman and Martin. And this eight-decade study is called the Longevity Project. They followed 1,500 people from childhood to old age, and obviously death because it's 80 years. Some people don't live quite that long. And they find that the people who worked the hardest lived the longest. I don't mean just working hard to work hard, but just because they were committed to what they were doing. And so working a lot of people think, well, if I retire and then, then I'll be happy and then I'll live longer. But if you looked at the stat- statistics, many people die within two years of when they retire because they really had no purpose and work gave them purpose. And when they stopped working, they recognized that there was no substance there for, for their own internal support. And, and that that really shifted their their awareness, and they actually literally died. So, as we mentioned earlier, social relationships are important to health. And it doesn't mean that um, you have to do a particular thing, but just to have the uh, ability to stay um, connected to the bigger world, to find meaning with working and to being uh, interactive with other people. Another thing that was very important in staying uh, active and uh, and, um, alive is to be active in middle age than being active uh, or an athlete in the youth. Because a lot of people say, oh, I've never exercised or done much when I was younger. The time to start is now. Because even as you get more... As you get older, getting more active is going to be a much better indication of your longevity and your happiness than if you were athletes and youth and you stop now. So it's just the opposite of what we think. It's like, okay, I didn't do it before. I don't, I don't have a chance now. Starting now, wherever you are in your age, is going to be much, much more powerful than if you just say it's too late. And the most, the better. And the most important indication for health is happiness. Because I'm not saying that happiness is going to clear your arteries, but what it's going to do is that having meaningful and consequential lives promotes health in a way that nothing else seems to be able to do. So this is a very powerful analysis with people that they track for up to 80 years. So it started in 1921, the study. Um, and so it's a very powerful way. It's called the Longevity Project. And um, it's something that people. we should all think about. Start now wherever you are, give back, connect with people, and work. Work, I don't mean like getting a job, but doing something that gives you joy, which gives back. And with purpose and social relations, I, mm-hmm. I love how it all comes back together. You know, before we go to break here, we've got about two minutes. I want to talk a little bit about our bodies, mood, stress, health, because what you're talking about there inevitably has an impact on how we present ourselves when we do engage with other people. What impact does that all have to do when we enter a domain, we walk into a group of people and the influence we can have on others? 
this was <clears throat> very <clears throat> powerful for me to know because I've always felt this way, but what they've shown in studies is that one person can change the mood, the attitude, and, and the whole dynamics of a group. And they, we, uh, there's a study, I, I, I will talk about this in my book, The Happiness Choice, where they had a person, uh, basically an actor, who would join a group and they told how to um, behave, positive, negative, this is never going to work, of course this is going to work, how can we work together? Depending on what they were told to do in this group, completely transform the overall energy of the group. So when we know this, we can use this power to say that we have the ability to transform wherever we are. The dynamics is up to each individual. So the, the influence of, of a person can change the whole um, trajectory of a project or, or decision based on how, how strong or how um, committed a person is to a particular perspective. Doesn't that speak volumes when we think about transformational energy leadership? Right there yeah. you're saying one person, no matter whatever their, what's in their mindset, they walk in, they can change the trajectory. I like how you say that. Let's take a break here. When we come back, I want to share with the listening audience also how to get their hands on a, on your book and how to start incorporating it into their lives. So everyone out there, stay tuned. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Many of us define our lives by what has already happened. It's a past tense series of events. Do you long for something else? You don't have to live solely in this reality. Tune in for To Win Within with host Strom Thomason. Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Do we really have a full understanding as to why we do certain things and function the way that we do? There are many different aspects of trauma, and you can learn more about them and how to overcome the symptoms by tuning in to Trauma Talk with host Ezrina Rose Scott. On Trauma Talk, Ezrina and her special guest experts and clients will discuss the different results of trauma and some effective methods in resolving and healing from them. Listen live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, 
You are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show. Today's conversation is about leadership and happiness. And my special guest, Dr. Marilyn Tam, we've been talking about this for oh about 50 minutes now. And and Dr. Tam, I want to ask you, when the listeners leave the show today, what would you like them to remember about why this is such an important and crucial component for leadership, and that being happiness? I think there's no better way than to just remember that if you're unhappy, you're not able to give enough. You're not able to be creative. You're not able to really be completely available to create and produce. And so this happiness is so important, not only for ourselves, but then we have to think of everybody else we're working with. Are we honoring them and what makes them happy? Because collectively, when we are all aligned with our life purpose, if we can see where the company mission and, and goals is, is aligned with our own personal one, that's when everybody can be able to move forward much, with much less friction to really fulfill the purpose of the organization as well as your own personal purpose. When all those are aligned, that's when magic happens. So... Find out what your life purpose is. Align that with what the company's mission is. Find out what it is that your group is interested in within, your, within the organization. And align all that together. Then you're going to have the creativity, productivity, joy, and fun that you're looking for all your life. Fun. Now, that's a great word right there. <laughs> Have fun in what you're doing. And you know, Marilyn, there's some phrases, there's some things that you've shared over the course of our conversation that are going to stick with me. And the, one of the big ones is put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. That just speaks volumes. Take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because we, uh, there are so many of us who are our caretakers, we are the responsible ones. We are the ones who are going to be the ones to make sure that everybody gets taken care of. And we forget that we are a person too. And we need to take care of ourselves before we can do the, the work to, to take care of everybody else. Yes, and really dig in deep. Take the time to find out what f- fulfills us and nurture, like you said, nurture that joy so that we can have fun and, and passion. The other one I... I Another analogy or metaphor that you gave was when you're at the pinnacle of what you think success is and you, you're up at the top, if you, everything should be just hunky-dory, if you will, that wait a second, when you start to dig in, you go, oh, why aren't I really happy? Maybe or perhaps your ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that where... It doesn't necessarily mean, okay, you have to start from scratch. I like what you said, redecorate, punch a hole through the wall. You don't have to start from scratch. No. And I, I, if I leave our listeners with one thing, is that just know that wherever you are, you can start now and transform it to a much happier place, and you don't have to go back to the bottom. You are able to take it from there 
as you mentioned, redecorate or open a, uh, make a hole through that, or make a bridge to another area because you can go across to another area too. So there's so many options that we have. So there's much less fear about uh, losing everything because a lot of people get into things. If I don't do this, then what do I have? There's a way to incorporate every, all the wisdom, experience, and assets that you've gained and the training you've gained and use it in something other way that's going to give you the joy and creativity and productivity that you've been looking for all your life. And when we're living in joy and creativity and productivity, it definitely influences or gives us energy. We emit energy and have the ability to influence others in such a positive way. I always say like energy attracts like energy. And what a beautiful place to be is when you're in a place of joy and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you you're happy, li- you can't help but make other people around you happier. It's like we talked about earlier. You have the ability to influence the, the, the mood, the attitude, and the thinking of whatever group you're in. And it's, it's been very well documented, as I mentioned in my book, um, that an individual who's been, um, who's very committed to their perspective can very powerfully influence and shift the direction of a group. It's contagious, very, very contagious. How, mm-hmm. You know, how, how can you not like it? So, Marilyn, let's talk about your book. We have a special offer for all the listening audience out there. Let's tell them what's the happiness choice, the five mm-hmm. decisions that will take you where you are to where you want to be. We've got it available for nineteen ninety five. That's a discount from if they were to go out, on, out onto Amazon. Correct. Um, uh, the book is normally twenty four ninety five, and I've worked out with my distributor because I just want everybody to have an opportunity to get the book and, and to, to learn some of the things that I've learned in doing the research and in my life so that they do also make their happiness choices. And so the distri- distributor has agreed to um, ship the book to the listeners today uh, at 1995, and all they have to do is all the listeners have to do. All of you who are listening is just to write to um, Dr. Matt Rosley and with your uh, email address and and your information, and then he'll gather it and send it to the distributor, and the distributor will work with you and ship you the book directly. So everyone out there, email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Send me, of course, your email will be in your email, and then send me your shipping address, and we will get that discounted book for you. And guarantee this is a gem. It's something all of us. I mean, what better thing can you ask for than to give yourself the gift of happiness and figure out how to emulate that in everything that you do in your life and career? Dr. Marilyn Tam, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's been a joy. I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to share with everyone that happiness is a choice, and you can make that now. Thank you. Every single one of us. So everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. And, of course, if you have a topic that you want me to cover on the show, if you've got a, a guest that you think would really enlighten our discussion about this leadership world that we're all in, Feel free to contact me. You've got my email. That's mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. And until next time, all of you out there, harness your positive energy and lead transformation. And we'll talk again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.